Welcome to GrishaCast, episode 33. In this episode, we are covering chapters 39 through 44 from the book Six of Crows. This is your host, Eric. And I'm Terry from Nashville, Tennessee. This is your podcast for all things Grishaverse. A world created by the wonderful Lee Bardugo. Moi sabayeni casters. Hello. It is us. It is us. Your beloved hosts. And here we are. So let's thank some peeps. Let's thank some cities. Oh, yes. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, we have Agusan de Sur in the Philippines. Rijeka, Croatia. And Rithymna, Greece. Wow. Yes. Go, girl. How was our pronunciation, y'all? I hope it was flawless. <laughs> I'm sure we Americanized the absolute junk out of that. Well, what are we going to do? We're American. <laughs> Can't help it. We try. We do. We try very hard. We do. So first off, before we do anything, I want to send a special thank you to two wonderful ladies out there that Terry and I both know. We do. And we love them. And they're... They're just wonderful, and they love our podcast, which is awesome. So shout out to Miss Carrie Rashford and Miss Sally Daniels. Woo! Thank you. We love you. Thank you for listening, and thanks for enjoying. It's just neat when other people enjoy the stuff that you do. It is. Like, I... It's good validation. Well, and it's fun to always find people that are a part of your fandom. Yes. You that know, kind of like the same thing you like. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. like, it's, it's almost like when you meet someone for the first time and like, you don't know them at all, but you find like, all of a sudden you find out that they like, like the Grishaverse or something. You don't even have to know, you don't even know their name, but automatically it's like, Okay, bomb. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's do this. <laughs> You've got this. a bunch you of stuff to talk awesome. about, and they're I, not strangers anymore. I got your back. <laughs> I mean, oh my god, it's just that's and that's the cool thing about fandoms is that we all like. I mean, when you we just all have each other's back. Yes, ah, I love it. And the Grishaverse fandom is just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Yes, it is. Which is crazy because we've been around for a while. We've been a small little group. Pining over our books and just loving them and joining Facebook groups and then just, yeah. Now the world's going to know. Here shortly. Mm-hmm. We don't know when. Well, we know a time frame. The end of this year. By the end of this year. Yeah. And it's just going to blow up. I don't know if I'm ready for that. It's weird. It's like when you have a little secret. I know. And then it just blows up. I mean, now that I've really gone into like the black hole of YouTube and Instagram and a few things like that. Um, It is out there. Like there are a lot of people Mm -hmm. uh, and I've seen lots of cosplay and artwork and all kinds of stuff. There's all kinds of videos about reacting to the books. Yeah. um, So they're out there. Oh, they are. Definitely. It's going to be weird for it to be mainstream. Yes. Very mainstream. That's a good word. Yes. That's it. It's going to be crazy. And I'm excited also about the way they're doing it because, you know, there could have been many possibilities. Like, what if they had decided to possibly do, like, a movie or something? Or Yeah, you can't do movies. Yeah, I'm glad that they decided to do a show because there's so much more information. Mm-hmm. It gets to be longer, so you get to watch a lot more. Um, yeah, I'm glad they didn't, like, turn this into, like, a movie or anything. I think it's... A great way to do it. Turn it into a show. Mm-hmm. And there's so many storylines, too, to go along with it. I mean, it could last for seasons, to be honest. Yeah, because, absolutely. I mean, there's so much. But um, how are you doing? How was your week? Um, It's all right. My lawnmower was stolen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I'm Out of your yard? <laughs> yes. Really? Yes. Dead? Yeah, I, it was... I was I was mowing, <laughs> and I went inside, and then I came back and it was gone. <laughs> what? I'm laughing because at this point everything is just ridiculous. <laughs> that is, I mean, some some random person had to just. I mean, I'd hope no one was just like stalking you as they were right? watching yeah, you that's mow your, scary. your 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 lawn, and then they're like, the minute she takes a break, I know, gonna uh, go get it, right? 
so taking that off the table, that because no one would do. I hope not. Hopefully not, because that's so that, terrifying. But, but with, yeah. But so. it, yeah, it's weirder knowing that then some random person was walking on your street and was like, oh, there's a lawnmower. <laughs> Mine now. Half the yard is like mowed. I mean, I'm sure they're not using it. No, not at all. So, I mean, why not? Weird. I know. It's so weird. This world we live in. I know. Yes, it's very weird. But, you know, I'm a poor single mom. So I'm standing there like, well, now what am I going to do? I can't afford to get a new mower. Um so I just kind of like reached out to my neighbors and I was like, somebody come on my lawn. And this guy said he was just going to give me a riding lawnmower. So oh, I guess it works out. Well, there's a lot of teenage boys out there that need jobs too. Yeah, but I can't pay them. Well, <laughs> you know. I ain't got no coin. Hmm. Make a- <laughs> I don't know. Oh, make them your pumpkin pie. That, yes. That is is definitely a reward. Yeah, and I can't and I have to have somewhere to make it cuz I can't make it for the fair now. Just so y'all know, you are talking to well, you're not talking to her. I am. But <laughs> you're my, listening to. Yeah, my best friend makes the best pumpkin pie. Not just the best, but the blue ribbon winner of the Wilson County Fair. Eight-time blue ribbon winner, not just Wilson County Fair, but I have eight blue ribbons for that thing. Eight Blue ribbons. Yeah. Girl. And it's good. <laughs> it is really good. I'm not even a pumpkin pie fan, and her, I love hers. It's oh, delicious. Thanks. And you make it pretty, too. You I do. do. It's decorative. Yeah. Because decorative pie. The crusts are, like, so pretty. I'd never seen anything like that before, so when I saw yours, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, when I went to leaves. go turn it in to one of the competitions, they said I couldn't enter it, and I stood there really confused, and... She was. She handed me the rules, and mm. I was like, I've done this before. I know what the rules are. And she said, well, then you should know there's no decorative plates. But the- I was like, this is the crust. And she was, she was so confused because she thought that oh. the crust was like a decorative plate. Go, girl. Yep. Confuse them. Mm-hmm. And oh. so then, like, she had to call everyone around to come look at this thing. So Yeah. Yeah. That's not a decorative plate, y'all. That's a decorative crust. That's a decorative crust. Mm-hmm. Yep. Bring it. That's a very strange, like, we went from mowers to decorative crust. So let's see how your week was. <laughs> it's been exhausting. I'm so tired. It's been a really long week. It's been a long re- week at work. And um, I'm just exhausted. I had a really long day. And then... After work was just running around from doctor office to pharmacy to doctor office to ph- it was crazy, it really was. And then that's my life. <laughs> yeah, well, I am not used to it, and <laughs> I just am so tired. Hadn't eaten and was just like, uh, it's just. I usually have time to read over our notes before I haven't, so. Let's just see how this goes. Let's do it. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting, y'all. If I um trip over some words, if I say sentences that don't make sense, <laughs> just wait a minute because I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, those of you that follow me on Instagram, Grisha Terry, um, I posted my picture earlier of me actually reading through the entire section again today. So Ooh. I did I did another read through. So. Well, there you go. Because a lot happened. Oh, yes. A lot did happen. And it's crazy because we only have two chapters after this. Mm-hmm. And a lot happened. And we're done with the book. Yeah. So let's get on into it. Yes. So we are starting off with chapter 39, Anej. And the last time we were with Anej, she was being hauled off... Um, from Tanta Helene, and that was, remember that moment, Tanta Helene was going crazy. But she was suspicious. Yes, and had exposed her um, as being a Nege, and that she's with Kaz Brecker, and oh my god, and then at that exact moment, Black Protocol goes off. Ooh, girl, be careful. We just hit the mic. It's okay. So, Inej is trying to figure out a way to get away um, and out of this situation, she's with all these guards. And then all of a sudden, 
Jesper and Wylan are there and save her. They ask her if she has a big enough diamond because I guess that's what Kaz has asked her to get. She's proud to say that actually she has one and it is Tanta Helene's. Yeah, that was a total surprise. Yes. We didn't know that she was on the search for this diamond. Nope. So here's a quote. Kaz had given Inej two uh, objectives. Nab a big enough diamond for Jesper to work with and get herself into this corridor after 11 bells. There were plenty of other diamonds she could have stolen for their purposes and other trouble she could have made to attract the guard's attention. But it was Helene she wanted to dupe. For all the secrets she'd gathered and documents she'd stolen and violence she'd done, it was Helene. Von Hoden she needed to best, and Helene had made it easy. During the scuffle in the rotunda, Inej had made sure that she was too focused on being choked to worry about being robbed. After that, all of Helene's attention had been devoted to gloating. Inej only regretted that she wouldn't be there to see Tanta Helene discover her prized necklace was missing. End quote. So, yeah, so there's... And that's the thing about this book. It's or about Kaz. We find out more about his plan after the fact. It's always that way. There's you know? always a surprise. Exactly. I mean, it it really is that enti- like that whole scuffle was actually planned, mm-hmm. and you didn't even imagine it while reading it. You're just like, oh crap, she ran into her, and it's just interesting. So, Wylan is trying to make a drill. That is what all this is about. Um, And here's a quote. Now the guards... So he's trying to make a drill, and this quote explains where we are. Now the guards are pounding on the door across the enclosure. Inej saw men storming onto the other walkway, pointing and shouting, but they couldn't very well shoot through two walls of bulletproof glass. The glass was Grisha-made. Nina had recognized it as soon as they passed through the display. Fjordan might protected by Grisha's skill... And the one thing harder than fabricator glass was diamond, end quote. Interesting to me. I didn't know a diamond was, like, that strong. Yeah. Yeah, like, they may, like, that's why they have, like, diamond drills, because it'll go through anything. Wow. Yeah. Did not know. So We're it's, learning. It's fashionable and useful. Yeah. That's why a diamond is forever. Oh. Oh, yeah. It is, because you can use it and... Because it lasts forever, because it doesn't wear down, because it's stronger than everything. Mm. Mm. Pretty. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Diamonds are a girl's best friend. We're entertained and we're learning. We are. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so, Inej is getting nervous and keeps telling Wylan to hurry. So, he's he's fiddling. He's trying to make this drill. And they hear soldiers on both sides um, of the hall that they are in. So obviously they're in this hallway and there's doors on both sides and they're locked. But the soldiers are trying to get to them. And they get the drill finally to work. And they, which actually cuts a perfect circle out of the Grisha glass. Right as they are removing the cutout circle, the soldiers, of course, then start storming in. And this is all part of this plan that we're figuring out as we go. Inej flies through that small hole. But yet, we don't know what's on the other side of this. Did you? Mm-mm. Okay. Because. No, she just like. This entire time, <laughs> you you really don't know what they're doing. No. You have no clue she why. She just flies through the hole. I don't know. Yeah. Or And what she's flying, yeah, it's weird. Mm-hmm. But entertaining. She flies and reaches a hanging lantern that she swings onto. And she keeps swinging, which gives her enough momentum to swing on top of this tank. Surprise. <laughs> okay, so there's this tank somewhere. Um, She makes it into the seat of the tank, and I'm guessing this is just one of those massive, like, army tanks. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I imagine, too. Yeah. Because that was the the horseless things that they saw in the beginning, like, when they first got there to the ice court. Yeah. That they were so amazed at. It moves without horses. Right. (laughs) Never seen anything like that. So... 
Um, so she makes it into the seat of the tank, and here's the gunfire going off, and supposedly Wylan and Jesper were obviously having visitors. The <laughs> the guests have the the guests have made it through. <laughs> the guests have arrived. The soldiers are there. And here's a quote explaining what's going on. Inej could only hope she could get the big gun working. She wiggled down into the cockpit of the tank. She rotated the only visible handle, and the nose of the long gun tilted into place. The lever was there, just as Jesper had said it would be. She gave it a hard pull. There was a surprisingly small click. Then, for a long, horrible moment, nothing happened. What if it isn't loaded, she thought. If Jesper's right about this gun, then the Fjordans would be fools to keep this much firepower just lying around. A thunk sounded from somewhere in the tank. She heard something rolling toward her and had the terrifying thought that she'd done it wrong. The mortar was going to roll right down that long barrel and explode in her lap. Instead, there was a hissing sound and a shriek like metal grinding against metal. The big gun vibrated, a skull rattling boom split the air with a puff of dark gray smoke. The mortar struck the glass, shattering into thousands of glittering pieces, prettier than diamonds. Inej marveled, hoping that Wylan and Jesper had found time and space to take cover. She waited for the dust to clear, her ears ringing badly. The glass wall was gone. All was still. Then two ropes attached to the wa- to the walkway rail swung down, and Wylan and Jesper followed. Jesper, like a limber insect, Wylan in, in stops and starts, wiggling like a caterpillar, trying to make its way out of a cocoon, end quote. So, yeah, a lot of action going on in these chapters. Mm-hmm. So they're okay. Jesper um, then gets the tank, and he ends up actually just taking over as driver, and is kind of excited about it. And um, here's another quote. Jesper was turning the tank, backing up as far as possible. He fired the big gun once. The mortar smashed the enclosure glass, sailed past the walkway, and struck the ring wall behind it. White dust and shards of stone scattered everywhere. He fired again. The second mortar hit hard, cracks splintering through the rock of the wall. Jesper had made a dent in the ring wall, a sizable one, but not a hole. Ready, he called. So they started. um, The shooting starts, um, and this tank, by the way, is massive. Like, it's a big old tank. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So, then Inej heard a noise, and here's a quote to end this off. Inej heard a chuffing noise. She righted herself and looked up. Wylan was laughing. He'd pushed out of the niche of the dome and was looking back at the ice court. Looking back. When she joined him, she saw the hole in the ring wall, a dark blot in all that white stone, men running through, firing futilely at the tank's dusty wake. Wylan clutched his middle, still snorting laughter and pointed downward. Trailing behind them was a banner caught in the tank's tread. Despite the smears of mud and gunpowder burns, Inej could still make out the words, Stremic Fjordan, Fjordan might. End quote. End of chapter. So they made it out of the ice court. So the, the three of them are out. Yep. Three of them made it through, made a huge hole. Yep. But made a mess. Yep, they did. But they're, but they're out, out. They're out and in a tank, <laughs> rolling away. <laughs> so we got three out, and I believe last week we ended right with like kind of, I mean, um, with not knowing where Kaz and them were. Yes. But the they- next with chapter forty, the next chapter starts with Nina, and the last time we saw them. Kaz had pulled on the like little whip thing and pulled them all down into the river that's underneath the, the, the ash. The, the ash tree. Mm-hmm. And Kaz was losing it because he was drowning. Yeah, they were all just in this water, had the baleen in their mouth, yes. but hoping they were going to make it. And then Kaz kind of, I think he like pa- he passes out. He ends up passing out, I think, at the end of that. He like lets the water in and like that's how it. Yes. Yeah. And that's how it ends. So we know that they were on their way out. Yes. They they had a, well, Kaz made a last minute little judgment to try to get out. Um, So 
with this next chapter. That uh, was my stomach. Did you hear it? <laughs> so, um, congratulations. They made it out of the river. Woohoo! Nina is standing there pretty much completely naked. Um, naked. But she doesn't care because she's alive. They weren't sure that they were going to make it because it was crazy. Yes. Um, but they are alive. They are about a mile and a half from the harbor, which is the safe space where the Fairland is, and they can still hear the bells of the ice court. So the harbor isn't that far away from the ice court. Right. Um, Kuei is safe. Good. Matthias is also safe, but he's dragging Kaz out of the water, who was unconscious. Hmm. She tries to save him. She's cursing her lack of training. She's trying everything that she knows to do, and lo and behold, it works. Of course, the first thing he does is shove her off and yell, don't touch me. Doesn't even say thank you. Just don't touch me. But, you know, now we're back in water and human touch, so that's a whole mixture of PTSD for Kaz. Yeah. So as they head onward toward the harbor, they hear a noise coming from behind them from the direction of the ice court, and they're stopping, and they don't know what to do, and Kaz is like, just hold steady, and they don't like that plan, but they listen, and it's the tank with Inej and Wylan and Jesper, and everyone is overjoyed. Even Kaz is smiling. We kind of know it's because Inej is there. Yes. Um, but then they see that the tank is being followed by a bunch of tanks. <laughs> oh, no. So the tank stops, fires at the bridge, and makes it completely unable for the line of other tanks to cross. Crap. So, we're safe for now. They all climb on the tank like a scene out of Mad Max. <laughs> I just imagine it's just like this post apocalyptic because yeah. they're all in like shredded clothes and they're dirty and all dressed weird and they're jumping on this tank through town well as they're getting closer they can smell the sea and the 30 million krug but as they turn the corner because we just can't be safe no. there are hundreds of soldiers not shoulders no nope. soldiers pointing guns at them uh. the soldiers demand that they release kuwait to them yeah. As they're debating on what the soldiers are actually going to do because they don't think that the soldiers are going to like open fire and hurt Kuwait. Right. Uh, they spot Dun Dun Dun, a heartrender, who is clearly on Perim. Mm. They're so close to the Fairland. They, they can, can see it. They can see <laughs> it. They're so close to finishing the mission. So they ask Kaz, what do we do now? And he says, I'm finally out of ideas, y'all. He doesn't know. Doesn't know. Inej just says, well, I'm not going back to captivity. And all the others agree. So they make a pact that this is it. This is where it ends. And they're just going to go die fighting. Go down hard. And Nina says, no, wait. And has like this side conversation uh. with Kuei. And as he hands her the pouch, the others recognize exactly what it is. It's yeah. the Param powder. And they beg her not to do it. She's going to anyway, because it's Nina, and she does what she wants. She knows the first dose is the strongest, and it's going to be absolute hell. So she tells Matthias that if things go bad, to kill her. End it. She tilts her head back and pours it in her mouth. And because we like to know what this Prem does, mm -hmm. the quote at the end... Her blood began to thrum and her heart was suddenly pounding. The world suddenly broke up into tiny flashes of light. She could see the true color of Matthias's eyes, pure blue beneath the flecks of gray and brown she'd put there, the moonlight gleaming off every hair on his head. She saw the sweat on Kaz's brow, the nearly invisible pinpricks of the tattoo on his forearm. She looked out over the lines of feared soldiers. She could hear their hearts beating. She could see their neurons firing, feel their impulses forming. Everything made sense. Their bodies were map of cells, a thousand equations solved by the second, by the millisecond, and she knew only answers. Nina, Matthias whispered, move, Nina said, and she saw her voice in the air. She sensed the heart render in the crowd, 
the movement of his throat as he swallowed his dose, he would be the first, end quote. So she is sacrificing herself. Yeah. Because if they're going to use a heart render as a weapon, then she's going to be a a weapon too. Yeah, they wouldn't have a chance. And that's the end of the chapter. Yep, and so we're going straight into chapter 41, Matthias, and I'm starting this right off with a quote. Two, one. Matthias saw Nina's pupils dilate, her lips parted, and she pushed past him, stepping down from the tank. The air around her seemed to crackle, her skin glowing as if lit from within by something miraculous, as if she tapped a vein of gel directly, and now the god's power flowed through her. She went for the heart render immediately. Nina flicked her wrist, and his eyes exploded in his head. He crumpled without a sound. Be free, she said. Nina glided toward the soldiers. Matthias moved to protect her as he saw rifles raised. She lifted her hands. Stop, she said. They froze. Lay down your arms. As one, they, as one, they obeyed her. Sleep, she commanded. Nina swept her hands in an arc, and the soldiers toppled without protest. Row after row, stalks of wheat felled by an invisible scythe. Skith. Sorry. Scythe. Scythe. I was right. You were right. Scythe. End quote. Amazing. It's just really cool to see, like, I mean, just this Jirda Param, like, we've reading about this whole time we've seen other people have it but now one of our main characters so we are absolutely getting an insight into it yes and it's just incredible what this power can do i mean how how it changes your power and also it's crazy to think that this was invented to hide someone's grisha power yes exactly but it does like the impossible yeah it does the opposite. It amplifies the power. I mean, more than an amplifier. More than, yeah. I mean, it It just totally changes the laws of Grisha. Yes. But if we go back to thinking back about Mort Sova and how he talked about Grisha were supposed to be able to, like, actually, they weren't divided up. Like, it was more like they could work all together. They could all have their own, work each other's own powers. So, I don't know. It's just interesting. Um and so all the crows get out of the tank and look at all the soldiers just laying on the ground. They cover every inch to the dock. There's That's a lot of soldiers. Yes. Um, they all slowly start to start moving toward the Feraline. Matthias grabs hold of Nina. Matthias hears his name called and turns around. And, of course, it's some Druskella with Brum. Brum is there, of course. He... Uh, what a special person. <laughs> Anyways, Brum threatens them, saying that they will never make it out of the harbor. Brum also calls him a traitor. Nina threatens to kill them, but gives them this one chance because of Matthias. Matthias is still just, he's a good guy. So he kind of begs Nina not to do anything. They say she they say she can't hurt them because the hoods and the clothes that they're wearing supposedly Supposedly, the Druskella are wearing these like special core, the special core cloth created, of course, by fabricators. Oh yeah, that can't hurt them. So I just find that so funny. These Druskella hate Grisha so much, but they depend on them so much to build to build the ice court to save their lives, pretty much by this core cloth that they made. I mean, it's just. I think it goes back to so what they were saying about how they weren't meant to to be soldiers. They're meant to be weapons. So they're meant to be used. Yeah. Well. <laughs> that's what I think about Well, that's that. the Drew thought process. Well, that's Brum's thought process. Because we got to remember, they teach the Drew differently, really. Because, I mean, we know from what... Um, Matthias thought, and then like during that conversation he has with him, that's when right. we hear yeah. more about them becoming that weapon. So, um, Matthias tells them to go, but Brum shoots Matthias in the chest. But as soon as the bullet reaches his chest, it then emerges out and hits the ground. Um, they aim their guns at Nina. 
So obviously, like, I mean, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and here's his quote. The Druskela opened fire on her. He saw her flinch as the bullet struck her body, saw red blooms of blood appear on her chest, her breasts, her bare thighs, but she did not fall. As fast as the bullets tore through her body, she healed herself, and the shells fell harmlessly to the dock. The Druskela gaped at Nina. She laughed. You've grown too used to captive Grisha. We're quite tame in our cages. There are other means, said Brum, pulling a long whip like the one Lars had used from his belt. Your power cannot touch us, witch, and our cause is true. I can't touch you, said Nina, raising her hands, but I can reach them just fine. Behind the Druskela, behind the, Druskella, the Fjordan soldiers Nina had put to sleep rose their faces blank one tore the whip from brum's hand the others snatched the hoods and masks from the startled druskella's faces rendering them vulnerable nina flexed her fingers and the druskella dropped their rifles hands going to their heads screaming in pain for my country she said for my people for every child you put to the pyre reap what you've sown jarl brum end quote Cool. <laughs> Love it. She's getting him back. She is. She's just got all this power. And that just, and that scene of the like rising, not dead Druskela reminds me of Game of Thrones again when they, when the, it's at the very end when that bad guy mm-hmm. uses all the dead. Yeah. Yep. So, anyways, Matthias tries to convince Nina to be just because obviously she's got all is power and i'm going to end off this chapter with this last part here's the quote they fear you as i once feared you he said as you once feared me we are all someone's monster nina for a long moment she studied his face at last she dropped her arms and the ranks of druskela crumpled to the ground whimpering she released the other soldiers and they fell back into their slumber puppets with their strings cut Then her hand shot out once more, and Brum shrieked. He clapped his hands to his head, blood trickling between his fingers. He'll live, Matthias asked. Yes, she said as she stepped onto the schooner. He'll just be very bald. Spex shouted commands, and the Feraline drifted into the harbor, picking up speed as the sails swelled with wind. No one ran to the docks to stop them. No ships or cannon fired. There was no one to give warning, no one to sing- signal to the gunnery above. The elder clock chimed on, unheeded, as the schooner vanished into the vast black shelter of the sea, leaving only suffering in her wake. End quote, end chapter, and we finally have made it out of the ice club. Yep, we did it. We did. We just beat the world's hardest escape room. Yes, we did. <laughs> so chapter 42 follows Inej. Yeah. So now that they're out to sea, the focus goes towards Nina. Kuwait explains that the high will last about an hour or two hours, and then she's going to start having body aches, chills, then tremors, and then that's going to fall. After that, she's going to start having the craving. Yeah, it's just like any other type of... I mean, it it just reminds me a lot about opiate withdrawals. Yeah, any sort of detoxing. Um, If she takes a second dose, she'll never fight the addiction. The second dose is going to... will be it. So there's a possibility she can beat it, and she is determined to fight it without taking that second dose. Uh, She is going cold turkey. This is going to be... And it's going to be hard. It is. So Inej and Nina have a conversation on the deck, and Nina explains to Inej that she can hear so many things, including the way Kaz's breathing changes when he looks at her. Cool. Like he's never seen her before. Oh. So they talk about how everything's going to be okay and how rich they'll be and how they should buy the menagerie and burn it. <laughs> <laughs> Smart idea. So, of course, Nina removes the tattoo on Inez's arm, but also because of the parem, she's very easily able to fix the scars. So, oh. Inez's arm is just like a brand new baby arm. Whoop. 
She Nina excuses herself as Kaz walks up. They kind of meet, um, and they're they have like a little secret conversation that Inej can't hear. So when Kaz comes up, Inej is like, "What was that all about?" And of course, Kaz isn't gonna say anything because it's Kaz, and he doesn't want to tell everybody everything. And it's it seems like he wants to take advantage of like the last few moments of her being on Prem. Yes. Because he said she still has work to do. So they shift and start talking about the plan um, that when they're a few miles out, Roddy and Kaz will row to the harbor in the longboat and find a runner to get word out to Vanek. They'll make the exchange on Belgaluk, which is an island popular with slavers and smugglers, and this is Vanek's idea. Hmm. Okay. It's kind of quiet for a second, and she just blurts out that I want to learn how to sail, <laughs> and I'm oh, gonna and I'm yes. gonna hunt slavers, and um, she's but she's gonna go to Ravka first, and I kind of hope that there's like a mass trip to Ravka because all these characters keep talking about Ravka, so I'm just gonna just hold gonna on hope to that for like dream. A, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hope, <laughs> and then she starts to wonder. What it is exactly that Kaz needs and wants. So that is going to take us to our first scene. Woo-woo! <laughs> I got really excited about that one, didn't you I? did. Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, so Eric is actually going to be playing Inej. Hello. And I'm going to be playing Kaz. Okay. So, curtain up. You're about to be rich, Kaz. What will you do when there's no more blood to shed or vengeance to take? There's always more. More money, more mayhem, more scores to settle. Was there never another dream? He said nothing. What had carved all the hope from his heart, she may never know. Inez turned to go. Kaz seized her hand, keeping it on the railing. He didn't look at her. Stay, he said, his voice rough stone. Stay in Ketterdam. Stay with me. She looked down at his gloved hand, clutching hers. Everything in her wanted to say yes, but she would not settle for so little, not after all she'd been through. What would be the point? He took a breath. I want you to stay. I want you to... I want you. You want me? She turned the words over. Gently, she squeezed his hands. And how will you have me, Kaz? He looked at her then, eyes fierce, mouth set. It was the face he wore when he was fighting. How will you have me, she repeated, fully clothed, gloves on, your head turned away so our lips can never touch? He released her hand, his shoulders bunching, his gaze angry and ashamed as he turned his face to the sea. Maybe it was because his back was to her that she could finally speak the words. I will have you without armor, Kazbrecker. Or I will not have you at all. Speak, she begged silently. Give me a reason to stay. For all his selfishness and cruelty, Kaz was still the boy who had saved her. She wanted to believe he was worth saving too. The sails creaked, the clouds parted for the moon, then gathered back around her. Inej left Kaz with the wind howling and dawn still a long while away. Hmm, end scene. End scene. Very pretty scene. I, I I think it's just, it's very, it's nice. Well, it's very telling. Yeah, and... Cass doesn't know what to do with himself because of his issues, but he does, you know, get vulnerable there for a second. Maybe not quite vulnerable enough for Inej, um, but that line, I will have you without armor, um, is one of the, the big lines amazing the novel so i had to include that quote well yeah and we need to know what's happening with them it's amazing to think about where we started just think about the very beginning where you started with learning about kaz and just then learning about inej and just it's just i think it's an amazing journey their moment they are and um it's cool it's beautiful the end of the chapter that is 
Okay, so we're going to move on into chapter 43. Remember, we told you we didn't cover a lot of pages, but there's just a lot of chapters. So 43 is Nina. So Nina is on the same table that Inej was on um, a long time ago when she was like, when they were in opposite positions, um, you know, uh, Inej was all wounded and barely alive and Nina was trying to help her. So anyways, Nina is on this table. She is in a lot of pain because she's, she's withdrawing and this is horrible, um, so, quote, Matthias sat beside her. He tried to take her hand, but the pain was too great. The chafe of his skin on hers made her flesh feel raw. Everything looked wrong. Everything felt wrong. All she could think of was the sweet, burnt taste of Perem. Her throat itched. Her skin felt like an enemy, end quote. And I just, I think that's so true. It's showing her the the withdrawal like and how much she's wanting it she can taste that burnt taste in her mouth Mm -hmm. and already wanting it and she's only tried it once yep so it's like meth yeah the tremors of the withdrawal have started she is um she's ashamed of the way she is right now kue asks if she wants just a small amount of jerta just to help her through and she is no. So this is where we actually um, start our last scene. This is between Nina and Matthias. Um, Terry will be playing Nina, and I will be playing Matthias. And this starts exactly after Kuwe asks if she wants just a little mitt, a little, a little mitt, a little mitt of Jerda, a little bit of Jerda. So, curtain up. She shook her head. I want... I want... Saints, why is it so hot in here? Then despite the pain, she tried to sit up. Don't give me another dose. Whatever I say, Matthias, no matter how much I beg. I don't want to be like Nestor, like those Grisha in the cells. Nina, Kue said the withdrawal would kill you. I won't let you die. Kue. Back at the treasury, Matthias had said, He's one of us. She liked that word. Us. A word without divisions or borders. It seemed full of hope. She flopped back down and her whole body rebelled. Her clothes were crushed glass. I would have killed every one of the Druskella. We all carry our sins, Nina. I need you to live so I can atone for mine. You can do that without me, you know. He buried his head in his hands. I don't want to. Matthias... She said, running her fingers through the close crop of his hair. It hurt. The world hurt. Touching him hurt, but she still did it. She might not ever get to again. I am not sorry. He took her hand and kissed her knuckles gently. She winced, but when he tried to pull away, she clutched him tighter. Stay, she panted. Tears leaked from her eyes. Stay till the end. And after, he said, and always... I want to feel safe again. I want to go home to Ravka. Then I'll take you there. We'll set fire to raisins or whatever you heathens do for fun. Zealot, she said weakly. Witch. Barbarian. Nina, he whispered. Little red bird, don't go. End scene. Oh. Hmm. Oh. And end of chapter. Yeah. That was a little chapter. It really it was, was. But it was cute. It sure was. So we switch gears entirely to chapter 44 over to Jesper. Mm-hmm. Jesper is like desperately wanting something to shoot at. It's quiet on the boat. Most are tending to Nina. And he hasn't even seen Wyland in like forever. So he's just like pacing around. Like really wanting to kill something. Kue appears occasionally and just like silently stands next to Jesper. Staring out at the stars which... Jesper finds kind of creepy. He's feeling a little guilty because he thinks that he should have also taken the Perem, either at the fight scene or to help draw the Perem out of Nina. Finally, they see the Kerch Coast drop anchor, and he asks if he can join Kaz and Roddy because he really needs to do something. He thinks he feels different and isn't sure of like what he needs to do now. 
Does he want to live openly as a fabricator, or does he want to keep hiding it after all that he's seen and done? Kaz has the confirmation that they will meet at dawn the following day. It will be Kaz, Jesper, Matthias, and Inej meeting Venek while Wyland. I'm sorry, that name I struggle with because it's close to my son's name. Wyland will stay with <laughs> Nina. As they're about to row off, we hear that Nina is still struggling, but she is taking some food. Good. So Taking care of herself. Yes. She needs to. So Jesper is sad that Wyland couldn't leave Nina to see him off. Sad face. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Wyland can't say goodbye. They make it to the island, the Velgaluk. Sure. That works for me, girl. <laughs> and to get a better visual, I have this quote. The island was less than a mile wide, a barren patch of sand and rock distinguished only by the wrecked foundation of an old tower used by the Council of Tides. Sounds official. Smugglers called it Velgaluk. They call it something that I can't say, which means good luck because of the paintings that are still visible around the base of what would have been the obelisk tower. Golden circles meant to represent coins, symbols of favor from Gezin, the god of industry and commerce. End quote. So <laughs> end, that, quote. end quote. Do it, girl. <laughs> so that's what the island looks like. The, the island that starts with a V. Okay. So <laughs> I don't want to say V island, but the island starts with a V. So they're up on the sands. Um, they give a quick no mourners, no funerals, and they're off to get rich. There's a heavy case that is carried by Vanek and a shoe man. And then there's a bunch of members of the Stodwatch with Stad batons Watch. and repeating rifles. That sounds dangerous. Mm -hmm. The shoe man verifies that it's Kuei. And Jesper notices that Kuei actually seems like uneasy. He doesn't really know what he's doing. Like he's sweating a little bit and he's like, oh yeah, I should bow. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, I should do something here. Kaz says he knows that Vanek betted against them succeeding. So now Vanek knows that he talked to Pekka Rollins. Kaz starts counting the money and says it's all there and waves for Kuwait forward for the exchange. And as they turn to leave with their coin, Venek is like, nope, stop right there, y'all. There's no way I'm letting you off this island that starts with a V. He gives a whistle, and as the Stodwatch comes at them with their weapons, with their scary repeating rifles, a huge wind starts up, bringing the sea level up around the island. And then they realize the little sailors that were on Venek's longboat are actually tide makers. Not only that, uh. they're tide makers on Param because now they're starting to fly. Yeah, and they normally don't do that. No. So Venek obviously had kept some of that Param he talked about in the beginning. Yes. So Jesper gets all happy about this, though, because he pulls out his gun and he is darn tootin' happy to be shooting at things. Darn tootin'. And. Of and chapter that concludes our final chapter. That is everything we got for you tonight, which means we definitely left you on a cliffhanger. It but is. But that's okay, because next week we will finish it, and there's only two chapters left. Woo! But they are full. Important. They are. Importante. Importante. <laughs> mm. Goodness. Yes. We're international. We sure are. <laughs> we try. But, um, yes. And then, this is going to be crazy. We're going to be getting into Crooked Kingdom sometime soon. Yep. I which, wonder if we'll take a break in between Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdom. I don't know. We'll let you all know. We will. We won't discuss that on air. <laughs> we'll figure it out. But, it has been, yeah, just so much has happened. I mean, I'm just, the end of the book. A lot going on. So anyway, so stay tuned. Um, so we've got a listener thank you, by the way. Oh, wait, hold up. No, no, no. Not there yet. It is that time. It is that time. It is that time for... Grisha Cats News! <laughs> We're going to change it every time. Oh. 
maybe. We do what we want. We do what we want. You do what you want. <laughs> yes, that's my saying. I and in GrishaCast news, I got a new phone case that is absolutely gorgeous. I told you guys last week. Um, this is my favorite. If you saw last week's beautiful phone case done by the same woman. But this one, oh, holy moly. Um, I will make sure to take a picture of it and put it on Instagram because what did I do? I've got all my favorite maps. I got a map of the ice court. I got a map of the Hogwarts and the land around it. I've got a map of from A Darker Shade of Magic. I actually have a map of Ketterdam and the map of all of the Grishaverse, and not only the old one, the newest one, the one that I adore, and then a map of Elfheim. Thanks for coming to GrishaCast News, because we didn't have anything else, so I figured I'd fill it with something. And hey, that's GrishaCast News in my life. And that's GrishaCast News! Um, besides, I mean, the fact that Lee has been posting a lot about Black Lives Matter. So. Yes. And. I agree with everything she's posted. So go Lee. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Um, and yes, that is it because everything is silent right now up until we get to, but it's going to come barreling in and yeah. Anyways. So let's do listener. Thank you. Yes. Uh, we have one from a wonderful lady from Instagram named, Raksha underscore R4. And guess what? She thanks me for having a cool phone case. <laughs> so Raksha. Full circle. Look at this one. I'm going to make sure to put it on my Instagram so you can see this one because you're going to like it better. <laughs> I mean, it just because it's so cool. I even showed it to people at work and they're like, that is really neat. And I'm like, you don't even understand what it is. And the thing that I didn't expect, truthfully, was the detail. I thought that actually it wouldn't be as detailed as it is. But like you can really actually like see it like really well i thought it'd be like blurry or something you know so it's good it's good so um next week here's what your chapters are finish the book (laughs) finish it there's just two chapters so just finish them off um next week will be wonderful because we get to finish it yay and that means we're just moving right along so it's been a wonderful episode y'all it has. It has. So, um, okay. Well, we will see you all next week. No mourners. No funerals. This has been GrishaCast. Connect with us on the web at GrishaCast.com. Send an email to info at GrishaCast.com. Follow us on Instagram at GrishaCast, YouTube at GrishaCast, Twitter at Grisha Podcast, and Facebook at GrishaCast. <laughs>